Small businesses are the backbone of America, and they help keep the spirit of Texas alive. But did you know as many as 50% will close their doors forever after just five years? Well, we're here to change that. This is The Beef. We know how tough it is to be an entrepreneur today. We're giving small business owners a platform to share their story. You'll hear it all. The highs and the lows. The good and the bad. But most importantly, you'll learn. Welcome to The Beef. The Beef. Man, oh man, oh man. I don't think everybody understands. Now, y'all know when you listen to this show, I've got a producer, John, right here in the house. And John, I don't think that people understand that this is one of the last episodes that we're going to hear that intro because somewhere around November 6th is where we're probably going to launch an entirely new podcast. You know, it's going to be the same, same format, same podcast, different name, different intro, different artwork, all that kind of stuff. But you're still going to get the same content. But it's going to be so new feeling that that intro is going to go away. It makes me cry. It makes me sad a little bit. I'm not going to lie. So enjoy it while it lasts because we have like six more episodes and then we're done. But you have a legacy, man. It's awesome. I know. It's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. And I'm glad to see things grow and I'm glad to see where things are going to go. But as always, welcome listeners and viewers to another episode of the Beef Podcast. I'm your host, as always, John Kelly, a.k.a. John the Marketer on Instagram. Joining me in the studio, I've got a really special guest. This is one of our clients here at Beefy, somebody we've been working with for a while, somebody that we actually like to hang around with. And one day we're actually going to get to go golf with. And that is Matt Miller with Awaken Wealth Partners. Matt, welcome to the show. Man. Hey, thanks for having me. John, I echo that. That's a fabulous intro. Oh, I know. It's one that we worked on quite a bit and we fell in love with it. But having heard the new intro, yes, I have. It is pretty it's, it's awesome. amazing. Yeah, it, it's different, great. but it's amazing. Yeah. So we always start out with an icebreaker question. So we'll kick that off first. I know we had some awesome conversations going before we started rolling. I can't wait to hop into those, but we have to start with the important things. And that is beach, safari, or forest vacation. Which one would you prefer? Beach. I am about the others as well, but I like sitting on the beach and doing nothing. (laughs) I vacation with no agendas. Yes. See, that's the most important part to me is do you have everything planned or not, which we've that was an icebreaker question on a few episodes ago that we had that one. And it's important for me on vacation to be in vacation mode. That's right. I don't want to sit there and strategize all of my time like I do when I'm at work. I want to get away from it. That's right. But my answer is the same. It's beach. And it's not fair because I've never been on a safari or forest vacation, so I need to do it. But beach is just so relaxing. I have not been on a safari either. I am an outdoorsman, so fishing, hunting. Yep. So I'm familiar with maybe how that safari would look. Uh, definitely vacationed in the forest. But to me, sitting on a chair and getting as much sun or not <laughs> not sun and doing whatever I wish is my ideal vacation. Yeah. When we do it, we've got the 10 by 10 pop-up. We've got music going. Too. We've got those big, nice chairs you can sit in and relax. And you're right. It's like I can hop up, go jump in the water, swim around, get some sun, lay on the beach, or I, I can my chill under that tent. And I know where the water is. That's all I need. <laughs> I know where my people are. I love it. <laughs> yep. No, I'm with you 100% on that. Well, as you know, this show, we're all about finding out the personal information. Yeah. So I just want to start with who are you? 
where'd you come from? I mean, anything you want to share, man? How'd you grow up? What brought you to entrepreneurship? All of it. I think that's a fabulous way to start because I'm a big fan of understanding our backgrounds and our stories and as many ways as we're alike, we're different in many ways. I'm from right here. So in fact, I grew up right down the road in Cyprus, so not far from yeah. Tomball. And I grew up in a divorce home. My parents divorced when I was two, lived with my mother for a while. And then when she remarried to my dad, I had two sisters that were introduced to the family, which is great. One being one month younger than I am. And then another who unfortunately has passed away. But that was really cool. It was a blended family. I will tell you, though, when you were introduced to that, you are forced to become an adult. And I'm not saying that my parents did that intentionally, but you're forced to learn many adult things at a very young age, like learning to live with new people that you've never met before necessarily. And maybe being more empathetic to their story as much as yours. And I think that helped in many ways because I love people. I love being around people. I feel like I'm fairly relational. And at the end of the day, I think I get uh, being raised by a mother, by a single mother, and also having some great uh, family melding take place. I just care about people. I care about their outcomes, which then led to, I think, ultimately why I'm here to do what we do today. But so I graduated from Cypress Creek. I went to Texas A&M. I have lived in Atlanta, Chicago, Kansas City, Denver, Dallas, and Houston. Wow. Which also played a key role in various things about business. And then I started in the packaging world and consumer products, things of that nature. And then at 38, I, I scrapped it all. I changed careers, mainly because I was chasing things that I think many struggle with. I was chasing a career path, a ladder. I was chasing responsibility and, and income and, and all these things, uh, dare I say, even points, you know, Marriott and at that time, oh, yeah. now United. But, right. And it was, it was unfortunately the wrong things to be pursuing because my number one and number two responsibilities are my marriage and my daughter. And I made some poor decisions early on and I tried to right the ship with that by changing careers which kept me at home more often. And I think that was a great decision. I think that was a great decision. I yeah. look forward to seeing how that unfolds. You know, it's crazy how, like you said, you find out the similarities and differences between people and, and stuff that you do business around or people you may have known or just been acquainted with. You find out the similarities. Same thing for me. I came from a divorced household. My parents, I think I was about nine when my parents divorced. And that was right after finding out that I had a half-sister that, you know, I kind of like knew about her, but I never met her or anything. And then she wound up moving in with us right before the divorce. And then I knew about my other half sister as well. And I'd actually been around her a lot more and knew her a little bit closer on my dad's side. So I had I always joke and say I have one sister because I have half a sister from my mom, half a sister from <laughs> yeah, my dad. Yeah. And so, you know, I had them there to kind of go through that with. But my older sister, both of them are older, but my oldest sister, she was out of the house already. She was grown. She was 18 when I was born. So, you know, she wasn't someone I lived with and knew in that way. I've always known her as like a an adult figure in my life, if you will. So getting to know my other sister, we were a little bit closer in age. So it was kind of like you said, almost like learning that new person yeah. right before the divorce, just because I'd never lived with her before. You yeah. Know? And, and, you know, I, my sister, I, I love her dearly. And seven, eight years old. So seven or eight years old, you 
in theory, already ingrained in your thought processes. And now all of a sudden, boom, someone's sharing the upstairs with you. And you're like, wait a minute, (laughs) the Jack and Jill, it was just Jack. And now I got to share a bathroom with you. I don't want to do that. But again, I think it forced us to learn things that were helpful later on in life. And yeah, I think that's one thing. Same part. exact thing, man. Until I was seven or eight, I grew up as an only child because one was out of the house already and the other one wasn't here yet. And then you're right. It's a learning curve of like, wait, I'm not the only thing. Like my parents don't revolve around me yeah, trying to figure out. You I was and now I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Come on, this is confusing. But it was a blessing, man. I'll yeah. tell you, it led me to having three kids instead of just two because unfortunately, both of my parents have passed at very young ages. And so I had my siblings to lean on for that. And that's kind of something one of my sisters told me. She was like, John, what would you have done? If you didn't have more than just one person to lean on during both of these events, like you've got to have more than just one or two kids. You have to have, you've got to give your kids the opportunity to have somebody there to lean on in these hard times, you know, and then God forbid when we are both gone and it's like, that's all they will have is each other. So, and actually I had a very interesting time finding out. God, I think it's been two or three years now that I found out I have a full grown other sibling, a half brother that none of my siblings have ever known. So two of us come from my dad, of course. So we found out that my dad had another child as well. So Papa was a rolling stone. That's the song, you know, that's, (laughs) that's how it goes. But yeah, so having that sibling love together, just kind of same thing. It really influenced who I've become today. So you're right. It is so important to talk about our beginnings. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I would also like to submit from the blended family perspective, one of the things that I encourage people to remember is that that's a in safe and good environments because I think we both recognize, unfortunately, the opposite is true too. Oh, yeah. But in my environment, what I love about it is we had the opportunity to be introduced to new talents and new strengths, mm-hmm. new sets of weaknesses. And that's a gift. Yep. It truly is a gift. And I think it's important that blended families encourage each other to look at it that way because we're all different. We're all made up the same compounds, but we're all different up here. Yeah. And that's truly a blessing. And I hope more people look at it that way. Oh, I agree. Absolutely, man. So you started out in sales. That's what you're saying. So what kind of just triggered in your mind, because something I resonate with is what you said, being home more is a big thing. So it sounds like what you're saying is that traveling all the time, being gone all the time, off and away from family and away from what mattered to you is just kind of what pushed you into becoming an entrepreneur. Yes. You know, whether it was a good or bad or blessing or curse, I was very good at what I previously did. Luckily, that's transferred to what we do now. I'd like to think our team is great. But I was gone all the time. And that's a requirement. When you're responsible for a large geography, which at that time was North America, you're on a plane quite a yeah. bit. And as great as that was, and as you get to have Italian food in St. Louis, and you get to, <laughs> you get to do this in San Fran, or you get this pizza in Chicago, or, or whatever it may be. And I didn't forget our Northeast folks. But it is. It's cool. It really is. It comes at a sacrifice, though. It's a young man's game. It's a young man's game. That's right. Young woman's game. And I struggle and not with just, that. Not just young in age. I mean, truly. That's a, right. A non-committed, non-familial person. That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, dare I say, it looks a lot more glamorous than it really is. You know, I would often hear the, oh, you're going to another nice steakhouse tonight. Or you play yeah. golf today. It's like, yeah. And then when I get back to the hotel, I got to work. 
It was good and I'm thankful for it. What it taught me is a lot of the business acumen that I was able to bring to Awaken Wealth Partners now and and my business partner and I, John, are super thankful for our pasts because they led us to where we are now. Yeah, that's one thing. You know, I'm a busy person. I've got multiple jobs, but they're all right here at home. You know, so it's like even at the office today, if I need to go, if if something happens or if I just want to go, I can. You know, when I'm at the fire station and my family wants to come see me, they can. If I want to take the truck to the house real quick to grab something or just stop in and say hi, we can. Like it it gives me that time. I'm with you, man. I, I would probably be pushed to become an entrepreneur myself just because we live that entrepreneur lifestyle working here of being able to kind of, you know, of course we get busy. And of course I'm here till six, six thirty at night sometimes. Right. But for the most part, we get to, you know, make our own hours and, and work when we need to work as long as we get things done. And that flexible schedule is important, you know, because although you may be an entrepreneur or a business owner, Oftentimes, it's speed of the leader, speed of the team. It's they who leave the latest or they who are there the earliest. And it's very important that as business leaders or business owners, I believe everybody's a leader, by the way. It doesn't necessarily mean good or bad, (laughs) but everybody is a leader. Yeah, you can lead people to do bad things. That's exactly right. And that's the importance of understanding what it is that you want. And you've heard me say this, and I know that Andrew has as well, aim small, miss small. That's a golf term. But it's true. I think so many of us, we want or aspire to do something, but we aim at nothing. And I can assure you that you will get that. Yeah. That's the thing about entrepreneurship that I think I love the most is that you get the autonomy to to aim at things maybe more liberally than most do because you're, you're trying to improve something, whether it's a service or a good. And that's why I love business so much. Yeah. Well, so tying all that in together then with how you're leading Awaken Wealth, what is it that sets you apart and what is it that you offer? You know, who are you truly looking for as far as a client or the services you would provide to them? Well, I think that the industry is so vast. Our industry is big and it's confusing. <laughs> Our industry loves to use language that, quite frankly, is over the head of most. That's why I've never talked to somebody yes, in the yes. financial industry. Yeah. <laughs> well, trust me, it's no different for my family either. Right? Like, for example, you don't speak with long and short. You know, you might look at me like I have three heads if I tell you to short this or long that. You're right. like, what are you talking about? Yeah. It always intrigued me why you can't just speak. That's it. Yeah. Just have a conversation like this and just talk. I would say, okay, this is something, John, that maybe you should consider purchasing at this time. That's how you speak with people. Right. And I don't see relationships in our industry that much. It's we live in an industry. We work in an industry that is driven by money and therefore greed is is prominent. But beyond that, what's important about your industry? Numbers. That's right. And numbers are short. Like that's why we use numerical code in computing right. because it's short. We're not typing out these long words. So I can see that where it's like, hey, this person's not a number. They're a client. That's right. So let's talk to them different. Right. And I think that's one of the reasons why I really enjoy what I do. In fact, before I changed careers, I asked 100 people. And I asked them the same question and I said, tell me your financial advisor, their name and where they work. (laughs) I asked 100 people. Yeah. And one gave me exactly what I was looking for. By the way, it's his wife. There you go. Yep. Three others. So a total of four could give me an answer. So I had obviously a very high percentage of people who didn't even know or had somebody that they worked with. And that's a shame. Yep. Because in our culture, we got the order wrong. Here's what I mean. 
we use this phrase called work-life balance. Well, first of all, that's the wrong order. It's life, and then there's work. Then you couple that with most people don't know who they work with, or they even have a relationship with somebody that can help them plan life. And there you go. There's the formula. Because I think at the end of the day, we all seek, yes, we need our water, we need our food, and we need shelter. But at the end of the day, I think we all seek relationships too. Working relationships, people that we can trust, people that can look at us with some authenticity and genuineness. And it's not about dollar signs in their mind. They actually care about your three children, your marriage, your house life, your work life, all those things. And there's the formula. And, and that's why we actually chose Awaken Wealth Partners and also why y'all helped us with the brand yes. uh, logo. Yeah. And we chose that because we would love to awaken more and more people, as many people as possible, to their fullest potential. And we also say that wealth comes in a variety of forms. It is not only quantitative in nature, it is qualitative. So awaken wealth and partners in that. We're partners in this. We want you to know that we care about you and your future. And so that's why we chose Awaken Wealth Partners as well as the logo. Yeah. Man, what a beautiful marketing team you have working on that too. I'll tell you. <laughs> that's right. That is just that's one right. great that's right. No. Plug. Uh, plug. Yeah. <laughs> All joking aside though, you know, I mean, your logo and brand is one that we've used to kind of sell to other clients because you know how it is, man. When you come in and you're like, I don't know. I just want to use my name, you know, so just use my initials like it's JK marketing or, or whatever it is. And it's like, well, yeah, that works. But how are you going to explain the story behind it? And so we use your logo and the branding we've done for your company as a selling point, because it is there's such a great story behind the actual logo itself, as well as the name, why it's named that and then the services you offer. So let's just I mean, so I told the other two people that I've spoken with about stuff like this on this show, I have said like, man, I've never gone in and talked to somebody I need to, because first of all, I think you're never too young to get started. You know, I think you're never too old to say that it's been too long, but I would say that those are two probably really big objections that people would have. It's like, well, you know, I've already screwed up, right? I'm 70 now. So I'm already past my retirement age. Like, come talk to you for what I'd be willing to bet you can help them out. And then same thing. It's like, well, I'm 18. I'm young. I'm dumb spending money. I don't have anything. What do I need to talk to you about? Well, getting set up right for the rest of your life. But I would say that I'm like that prime opportunity right now. I'm 34 years old with a wife, three kids. I've got a house. I've got a Jeep. We've got a car and it's various states of, you know, of course we have a mortgage. Of course we have one of the vehicles financed. One is paid off. So we're at that point now where we're like, we have income, we have some assets that are liquid where we can actually, you know, move that stuff around. Like we have some stuff to start talking about now. Now I feel ready. Really, I should have talked to you a long time ago. So I could have got to this point when I was 19 or 20. But here I am. But where I come with that is to say like, but you know what, in my investing that I've done, just playing around on Robinhood and Webull and like my own little financial stuff. I've got maybe eight, 900 bucks in stocks that I started with 200 bucks. So I'm proud of that, you know, but it's small, right? In my savings account, I have a few hundred bucks. Like I'm not somebody that's going to come to you and say, Hey, I've got a half a million dollars. And so honestly, my biggest objection has always been like, well, if I'm not making 500 grand a year and I don't have 500 K sitting around in capital to just bring to you, when am I ready to come talk to a financial advisor? So who are you looking for? You know? So I'll address it this way. Tell me the two things over the next year that you would want to solve for. 
Honestly, I would say comfortably maintaining the lifestyle we have would be number one priority. So a vacation, at least one vacation every year for the adults, for me and my wife only or with friends, and then a second vacation with the kids. You know, it doesn't have to be extravagant, but just getting away two times a year, maintaining the current lifestyle that we have, but then opening up to be able to save more and to start investing because I feel like I'm behind the eight ball on investing. So those are your two goals. Yep. So I'm not going to put you on the spot, by the way, but hey, if your bride was sitting next to you, I would ask the same question. And the beauty of the question is she's going to give an answer. Right. And so what you have is you have the two decision makers in the household. And now you may have four conversations, three conversations, mm-hmm. because one of yours may overlap, or two, okay, because both may overlap. And you just started a plan. Yep. Okay. Now we just had a conversation. Right. We don't have a plan yet because you, as you know, my favorite saying, right? It's not a plan until it's written down. Right? True. Aim small, miss small. So then at that point, we should start prioritizing what it is. And then with those two points that you just made, I love the idea of vacation. By the way, that is the right decision. A vacation with the two of you only, and then a vacation with the family. Absolutely. Sanity. invest. Yep. Absolutely. So you start mapping that out because that may be a short-term goal of the next 12 months where the other is a long-term goal because that's for the rest of your life, right? And so those two tracks can parallel. They can coincide. They can coexist. And the whole thought behind that is, okay, see how simple that was? Yeah. And now you start conversing with that and you start planning around that. And then you have somebody who's your accountability partner or then somebody who's doing the investing for you. And then all the other things that happen, the minutia. But what matters most is the qualitative side. Again, we got it wrong, in my opinion, work-life balance. No, it's life-work balance, right? The work supports the life, okay, fiscally. And so when you're looking at it from the qualitative perspective, you're more apt as a couple to talk about it. Whereas you're speaking with many in our industry, let's just say it like that. It's all about numbers. Right. And quite frankly, I spend numbers all day long and I don't want to talk numbers on Saturday either. So I want to talk about what's going to bring the most enjoyment. And what's super important for all of us to know is that as close as you and your wife are, you are rewarded in different ways. Now, it's the five love languages. She lets me know all the time. Right, right. But I'm happy that you have that open communication. Sure. But it's super important that you both understand how you're rewarded. And so therefore you can engage in those rewarding environments. And when you're doing that more frequently, well, then your planning is going to be more vibrant. And when that happens, then you're more apt to meet those goals. Yeah. That's different. I believe that's refreshing. I I believe that's how more people would love to work with someone in our industry rather than, okay, your spreadsheet looks good or their pie graph looks good or, or that graph looks good. It's much more relational. Again, that's what I think differentiates us. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I can't tell you how many aspects of my life that someone may be good at what they do and I'm content with the fact that I'm paying them to do it, but I just don't vibe with them. I don't get along well with them or maybe we're just not connected enough. Like I'm one of those people that I have to feel that connection. It's important. I literally change doctors in the middle of dealing with, you know, issues that I'm dealing with, nothing major, all minor. But I changed doctors in the middle of it because I was like, dude, I'm not I'm not going to continue to go to these people when it's like we're not even speaking the same language. And it's not that they didn't do their job. Part of it was, but it was minor. I could get away with what I got away with. But I'm just like, what am I to you? You know, and then when I walk in 
and my doctor and I spend five or 10 minutes just BSing, cutting up, having fun, getting to know each other. Yeah. And then we get into the doctor's visit. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah, we and, vibe. Yeah. We've got a connection. And that's one thing I can say about, you know, just having never personally worked with you, but being around Andrew, who's like, I'm going to run in for this quick 30 minute meeting with Matt real quick. Not going to take long. And then we'll get down the road. And then like two and a half hours later, I'm done playing games on my phone in the truck. And I'm like, bro. That was the longest 30 minute meeting I've ever had in my life, you know, and he's like, yeah, we got to talk in and I can always tell that you're that type of person, you know, of like being able to talk to somebody, connect with them and understand where they're coming from. Cause that's the big thing is you can make me hundreds of thousands of dollars on the stock market. If that's the route we go, you can help me start saving money. You can help me to find where I've been wasting my money and now it feels like extra money whatever, you can be good at that. But if we don't connect, then how well am I going to listen to what you're telling That's me right. to do? And not only you, but your wife. Right. Because in a marriage, it's important that both are participating in the conversations. And in fact, if not equally, it's okay in some scenarios where one is having more of the conversation than the other. Uh, a perfect example is I enjoy, because I have a daughter, I enjoy speaking to wives and saying, hey, you started thinking about the, your daughter's wedding yet? Oh, God. And the reason that question is super important is because, yes, she has at some point. And so talk about it, right? Because she may not have spoken with her husband about that right. because he's thinking, oh, my goodness, how much are these things now, right? Yes. But it's important to her. And again, it's about relationships and it's important that both are participating equally. Yeah. Well, I think there's probably a lot of listeners out there that are in a similar position as me, or maybe they're a little bit younger and they didn't think they needed to come talk to you. Maybe they're a little older and they thought it's too late. I'm sure we've cleared up that objection, but let's so. talk about those other services that you offer. So investing, retirement, all of that stuff is something that you do as well. Yeah. So we like to consider ourselves a, a place where everything can be done. You might say a one-stop shop. Mm -hmm. So our core competencies are holistic planning and wealth management. But when you think of holistic planning, there are several topics that need to be included in that. So there are 14, in fact, that we want to make sure that over three years are addressed. So everything from retirement planning to college planning to risk qualifications such as life insurance, long-term care, all those things, mm -hmm. cash flow management, estate documentation, tax planning, tax preparation. So we do all that in-house. Gotcha. We can create your estate documents for you. We can review the estate documents. We can even file your taxes for you. So not only do we manage money and do planning as a whole, but we also, again, the estate documentation, tax filing, tax planning. So it's all in one place. And I think that was super important because a lot of people shared with us this is another qualifying question. I must, and I would tell people, hey, listen, I'm leading you on this question. There's another question coming, but I would tell them, do you have a relationship with your tax, the person who does your tax filing? No. Well, isn't that kind of important? Yeah. I mean, don't you want them to ask questions? Don't you want them to ask, has anything new happened in your life instead of you just drop off a, a packet of documents and, hey, just tell me how much I owe or how much I get back? Right. No. Because it feels cookie cutter. It is cookie cutter. And I'm like, I don't live a cookie cutter life. I'm a firefighter. What kind of things can I That's do exactly with the right. federal government to have some tax breaks or I'm, you know, whatever. Like That's exactly right. Yeah. If we could have a little fun with it, I think of it as a as a buy one, get one free LASIK. I don't want a free eye. I want to pay for both. Yeah. Because I want it done well. Right. I want it done well. 
I want to be able to see better when I leave here <laughs> than I got it. I don't want to buy one, get one free. Yeah. And it's the same thing with tax filing. I'm not saying that if you see something that says your taxes being filed with us is free, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just simply saying, be willing to pay for things that bring you value. And the attorney's the same thing, estate documentation. Sure, you can do it online. And yes, you will save some money. I've not had one brought to us that didn't need to be revised. Yeah, that's what scares me. Yes. And so all of these things are super important. And I visualize when we created this, I visualize like a Knights of the Round Table. They're there to protect. In medieval times, they were there to protect the kingdom, right? And they had all these individuals that had their purpose. Right. And that's what I visualize. That's our responsibility to surround a household with every person that they need to protect the household. And we're the ones asking the questions that they don't know the even question. They don't even know the questions to you. Right. They may not even know the answers yet. Yeah. But we're the ones that are bringing this to them in a manner that is relational and at a speed that's acceptable. Both are important. Mm -hmm. Because again, in our industry, it's time is money and that's true, but you can't just flood the conversations with all these questions and expect to get anything that's quality back. Yeah. So that's how we operate. Okay. What if I've been what if I've been messing up with money since I was 18 years old? I would old say welcome to the I would say welcome to the team. Okay. Tell me something. Yeah. Tell me, tell me somebody. <laughs> tell me somebody who has it. I know. I mean, but you know, it is. You know, it's it, embarrassing, it, right? Because you're you're opening up everything, all my finances, and you're like, I'm just thinking in my head that you've got to be thinking like, you idiot. Why did you buy an no. above ground pool at your house well, for this much money? No. Like, well, you, you tell know, your doctor everything. It's true. You must, right? Or yep. they might uh, misdiagnose, and that didn't do you any good. You paid the copay. And you walked yeah. out with no good advice. That's very true. So the same is true with us. And I think you said it earlier. It really boils down to you trust that relationship. Right. Because when you trust that relationship, then we can be open with each other. As open as we're being right now. And anyone who's judgmental and say this seat, just pick your stuff up and walk out. That's fair. It's that simple. Yeah. I tell people that all the time. If they can't look you in the eye and share what their fees are, they can't tell you how much this is going to cost. Or if they never bring it up, at some point you must ask the question. Yeah. That's what scares me too. Well, and if it's incumbent upon you to ask the question that they should be forthright with, well then, in my opinion, that should be something that you should at least keep in mind. Maybe not question, because we don't we don't need to judge anyone that early. But that's super important. You should know when you go to pick the big box store, when you go there, you go with the intention of buying something. And you want to know what you're buying and what you're paying for. Absolutely. Well, the same goes in our industry. And again, I go back to why I wanted to get in this industry is it needs more transparency. It needs to be revamped. It needs to improve. It needs to get better at working with people. And it needs to, it needs to have a better outlook. And all I simply mean by that is it's very inward focused. And by the way, without you, we don't have a business. And that's one of the things that I think our industry needs to get better at. Yeah. You know, it, it, you're right as far as the money stuff does scare you too. Because even though it's easy for me to think about it in the way of like, well, obviously, if I'm going to the money man or the money woman that can help me out here, then they are going to figure out a way that I can afford their services. Like, because that's your point, right? You're going to be able to help me save some money, cut here, stop wasting money here. And then that's going to free up some money and you're going to say, hey, now you can afford my services. And I get that. But at the same time, it does sometimes just feel like, well, 
geez, like I want to invest, but if I, in the past year doing it on my own, which is, you know, very little, just what I read on the stock market and mainly some really good tips I get from some really good friends that are good at this stuff. It's like, sure, I'm going to go in and spend some money to have somebody start doing some investing for me, but how much is it really going to pay off? And then how much are they going to take and how much am I going to lose in that where it's like, yeah, you just gained all this but you also just spent this much too. So you know? I'll use an analogy. Your point is valid and, and received. I'll use an analogy. We've talked about golf. We're going to go. Because right? you've got to help me improve my golf game. That's the third priority I have. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Well, I, I, I enjoy the game. So on a putt, and let's assume the surface, the putting green is flat, okay? And you are half a degree off, and you are, are at a 10-foot putt. Yep. You're a half a degree off. You will not only miss that putt, you may, in fact, think that you misread it. That's how far off you're going to miss it, okay, by the time it travels. Right. Insert that into what you just said. It's not only what stocks or bonds or mutual funds that you're purchasing. That's one of many things that needs to be discussed and, and addressed and understood because the majority of our role is behavioral economics. It's not picking something to invest in. It's about our behaviors. Our behaviors dictate our outcomes. And we know that. We've all made, we're, we're all flawed. We, yep. we all are imperfect. We all have our weaknesses. And so therefore, that's the beauty of it. When we accept that, and we understand that we've all messed up, which is why I said earlier, welcome to the team. Yeah. Right? I mean, just because I sit in this seat doesn't mean I haven't made, I call it stupid tax. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've played the lotto before. We, we, we've all made, we've all made poor decisions. If you don't think there's a reason why there's so many things at the register, yeah. impulse yes. buys. Okay. That's me I mean, no, in a nutshell. I mean, they spend billions of dollars on these decisions. But again, it's behavioral economics. That's where planning comes into play. And you are not going to get an ROI, return on investment, instantaneously in all scenarios sure in some scenarios absolutely and it's literally just as simple as are you bundling your insurance have you determined your contribution rate to your employer contribution plan and by that i meant you might be surprised how close some are to getting matching and it's free money yeah it's literally free money okay and so it's things like that that, yeah, sometimes you're going to get an immediate return on your investment. More often than not, it's a long-term decision. And again, it's very similar to that putt. We just agreed you'd miss the putt, right? Now, I want you to take that same visual and I want you to go like this, okay? And go like that. That's the trajectory that you could have with planning right? versus not planning and staying on the same plane. Gotcha. See the visual? Yes. That's why planning matters. It's not necessarily picking. If you want something, I mean, I'm not going to say that because I can't because, you know, then I have to go through all these rules and regulations. Oh, but man. Yeah. I can't, but there are many things that you could just go pick and they're off the shelf. You can get them online. Right. Just boom, done. This particular index uh, that I'm thinking of, you could do something like that if that's your risk tolerance. Done. Right. But that's really cookie cutter. You said that earlier in regards to things. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, impulse defines me. John can attest and Andrew can attest. I was seconds away from a $250 impulse buy at Target, you know, 45 minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> because I, one of my speakers, I'm a big Bluetooth audio like 
you know, portable speaker sure, fan. Sure. I have to have What's one your speaker. What's your favorite? Mega Blast okay. is the one that I've always carried. I don't know why Mega Blast mine just stopped. Like it just doesn't work anymore. It won't charge, won't do anything. And it's been, it's been loyal to me, but it's outside of its warranty period, but it should like to me, their product normally withstands a lot more. The Mega Boom that I had before it lasted forever. I was surprised to see it go, but I was like, you know what? That's fine. I need to get a new one. It is something I need. Of course, you know, I'm putting that in air quotes for sure. our audio listeners. I don't need any of this, but it is something that brings a lot of happiness to our family events, you know, Absolutely. our beach trips. Like it's a integral part of what we do. So I found this really cool Sony. I think it's an XG300. It's like six pounds. It's huge. It lights up and the music quality is amazing, which of course, you know, Andrew and I own an event company. Sure. We're big music buffs as right. far as making sure that the audio sounds great. So it was something I felt like I needed, but I walked away from it. You want me to tell you the qualifying question that you should have asked? Will it fit in the basket on the golf cart? <laughs> if it does, you should have bought it. Okay. <laughs> well, it's in my Amazon cart, so I'll check out when we're check done with this. On it, and then that's, that's how you determine. I, so going back to the stock market, I am. it's hard for me to play the long game because I like to see – I like to see those quick ups. And then the biggest part about the stuff, and I know, you know, you've got compliance, so we can't go into yeah. some stuff. I would never ask you to, but it's like when you start going down and you have to remember, I have to remember, like it's the stock market. That thing goes up and down by the second. So That's exactly right. Anything could change. And it's like, yeah, you may be down, you know, for me, my investing 40 or 50 cents on that stock for some of my friends investing, you know, he'll be like, bro, I just lost $30,000 today. Yeah. And I'm like, I just made $30,000 like at the beginning of this year for the first six months. So if you could leave me alone about, <laughs> right. You know, you like you're boasting market. right there. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I want to, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's not that bad as it could be for other people if I were other people, but it's like, man, it's just hard to see it go down. I'm one of those that when I click buy, I want to wake up tomorrow and see like, you made the right choice. Here's $30,000. Right. You know, that would be nice. And you're right. And I think most of us will struggle with that at some point. I think the thing that I would encourage everyone to remember is most of the things that you purchase, you use or you consume. Sure. Done. Yep. Name me another instance of which you purchase something of which you hope to turn around and sell later other than your home. Uh, yeah. I mean, definitely not a vehicle because those lose value the second you drive them off the lot. Depreciating asset. Yeah. I mean, sure, you're going to make some back on it. But again, it's more of what that did for you than it is actually making right. money on it. It takes you to work. It takes you to enjoy things. But what's something Truly. that you buy that you will turn around down the road and sell to use? It's a good question. I don't know why I'm stumped all of a sudden. Because it's hard to answer. Yeah. And that's why when you look Fair. at when you look at investing, you're not investing for today or tomorrow. You're investing for your future. Let's use our children, for example. Okay. The person who has a child and then they want their child to go to school. And so they have 18 years in most scenarios. And so they have an 18-year timeline. Okay. And so they know that if they can start putting little by little in over time, in theory, with market growth, then they should have an amount, whatever the amount is, available for the use of college. Okay? And the reason they do that is because they already know or they don't want to cash flow school because education is very expensive. Yes. Right? Our daughter just graduated. 
And I know the number, and I remember the number vividly. Uh, by the way, that number, I believe, was roughly $85,000 different than when I graduated from the same school. Golly. Okay. Yeah. Higher. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, I'm talking about that. Yeah, I'm looking at 65 to 70 myself in student debt. And I'm not even done with my degree. I'm 90, 98 hours into a 124-hour degree. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you it's look expensive. at that, it is expensive. And so, but I'm glad and kudos to everyone who's educating themselves. It's fabulous. But if you look at that time horizon, well, you can either already pre, I'll make sure I say this correct, you're already prepaying for some of the school month by month because you're putting the money away. Yep. And then that money is, is, again, hopefully growing for you over all that time so that when you're ready to use it, it is there to use. Therefore, you don't have to cash flow as much. The reverse is true too. You can save zero. And then you are forced to either cash flow everything or go in debt. My route. Right. And not only just debt, but higher than crazy car interest or swimming pool interest or anything like interest rates that I've never even heard of. They're higher now for sure. Oh my gosh. And they're, and they're, they're increasing uh, yeah. unfortunately at this time. So too. that sixty-five, $70,000 education can cost you 160 to 180 easily. Over the long run. It, Over the, yeah. if you take the full amount of time and then. And you can be six, seven. I've heard stories of people six, seven, eight years into payments. And it's like, I still owe the original value of my loan in you're payments. Paying, it's just much like a mortgage. You're paying interest. All your interest up front. Right. So take that same story, though, and yeah. now calculate out for retirement. So that same 18 years applies to your life already. But the goal was college. But well, beyond that goal now is retirement. Well, the same is true. The same exact principle is true. If you don't save anything for retirement, well, then what you are left to retire on is presently what is known as Social Security. And here's the thing, too, that I have. Or a pension if you had something at work. If you're lucky enough. But even if you are, that pension alone is probably not going to be enough to sustain what you truly want, what your ideas truly are. That's the big thing I've learned in the little bit, mainly because I am in business school. That's what I'm doing is a business degree. and, And a lot of that does focus on the retirement side. And it's like, People don't understand that Social Security, if it exists by the time people my age retire, I will be lucky to eat on that. It's not as much as we need. There's no doubt. I'll keep this right in the middle of the fairway. We'll keep using the golf theme and we'll keep using the compliance (laughs) theme. It's not as much as you would like. I'd like to come back on the business school. So I think that's one of the things that I really, really enjoy about the similarities of business and home. And here's what I mean. Every home operates like a business. Okay, but not every business operates like a home. So this is kind of the bourbon and whiskey thing. Okay, right. So every home operates like a business. And what I mean by that is you have one income or two incomes or more, whatever it may be. And then you have your outflows because you have all the bills you need to pay and mortgage, etc. Can't quite write off the kids as much as you would like to. (laughs) And then you have a bottom line. Okay. And in that bottom line, our suggestion is that you always have a triple bottom line. And the triple bottom line should have three priorities, and it's up to the household. But historically, there's been one priority, and that is to have a higher number at the end of the year. Well, that acts more like the business, which is why household planning, in my opinion, is very rare, because it's about a quantity. It's not about a quality of life. The quality of life matters. Both matter because of what we just said, right? The projections. Now, in the business world, businesses that don't plan, I love the intro. 
I love the intro and I would love to know the percentages of business that fail within five years that didn't plan. Right. Because that number is high. Most yeah. businesses don't plan. And that's scary to me because the number one responsibility in, in a business, in, in, in my opinion, is to produce a service or a good for a cause, for a reason. If you're trying to produce this product at a different price point than its competition, well, then that's what you're trying to do. And you're trying to do that better than everyone else. And that's your purpose, okay? If you're trying to provide this service and you're trying to provide that service better than everybody else, well, then you have to do it uniquely different. That's the responsibility of the entrepreneur that owns the business and the leaders that run the business. Agreed. So go back to the two. This business has a responsibility of providing a service or producing a good and running at a profit. I mean, it's a business. Yep. Right? Our thought is that every business should also operate on a triple bottom line. The reason for that is because in, in our culture, it is my opinion, I won't put this on John, but uh, it is my opinion that most businesses have gotten away from caring about people. The number one part of the organization and often the top of the line items cost-wise. Okay? Well, if you don't care about your people or more importantly, your people don't feel cared for, do you think you're going to provide a good or service that's better than everybody else? Right. No. Right? So the triple bottom line of the business should be something that is very open and very discussed and, and that is maybe one of the triple bottom lines is, is improving culture or improving community engagement. And yes, if profit is one of them, yes, you have to run a profit, yep. a YOY, your profit, that's okay. But it's not just that one. And so bring that back to the home. You said it earlier, the vacations, the family life, you could characterize it as that. And your triple bottom line, one of them, or one of the legs on the three-legged stool is family. Well, so it's not only that, well, then you got to, what does that mean? How are you going to do that? Well, we already talked about the vacations. Yep. But it's more than that, right? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's I know kiddos that y'all don't like this, but at least once a week, we're going to sit at the dinner table. I know y'all hate it. No phones, whatever. Right. You know what I mean? But you know, the, the TV tray sitting around the TV eating dinner isn't necessarily going to maybe get you where you want to be all the time, right? Agreed. So that three-legged stool is important, but it's up to you and, and your wife to determine what your triple bottom line is. And, and that's when you said business school, I would love for more businesses to not only plan because they don't plan very well, but to plan differently. And I challenge every business to do that better. We talked about that a lot. The day we're recording this is the day that another episode comes out. And that's just by happenstance. You know, we we record all the time. You never know when we're recording an episode. But today that we're literally talking right now, an episode came out and it's uh, babyboomer.org. And that is a lot of our conversation. That's what it was about, was just going back and talking about the fact that the planning for businesses has to be done properly. Otherwise, a lot of times that can result in that failure. Like there's always kind of an identifiable factor there. And I agree with that. I mean, I, I can't quantify how many people have truly lost sight of the relational side of marketing, but I can definitely agree that the ones who are failing probably don't do that type of business, you know, because like you said, it is so much more, especially now. That is one thing I can Absolutely. say post COVID society Absolutely. has changed and said, as employees, you are going to care about us or we are going to leave. And then as employers, it's kind of set a new tone for them and a new standard for them. But then for that employer, 
it's also changed their customers' expectations where it became a, as a customer, you're going to care about me and you're going to give me certain things because we saw an explosion during COVID of people saying, you know what? I can work for myself. I'm forced yeah, to spend time at home. Popular, yeah. Let me make money while I'm at home. And, and that's something that I've kind of been doing. I've worked for the public for the past, God, since 2000, 2009. Somewhere around there is when I started public service. Thank you for that. And it's been great. I love my job. I don't do it for the money. But what I'm finding out is that, and not that I have an extravagant lifestyle. I mean, we drive a 2017 Ford Expedition. Yes, it's fully loaded, but we bought it when it was used. It's paid off now. I have a 2017 Jeep Wrangler. Yes, it's all decked out and has all the extra expensive crap on it. It was because I did without a vehicle for a couple of years in order to make sure I literally sold my 2014 F-150 in 2016 or so because I was like, hey, I'm getting out from under this payment. We're going to save the money and it's going to help us financially. So I said, I'm going to spoil myself on my next vehicle. I'm either going to get a fast car that I can't fit my kids in and I'll probably die in, or I'm going to get a Wrangler that we can take the whole family in and off road, you know, that's a better plan. Uh, and so what happened was I found the the Mustang GT that I wanted. And my wife said, well, you can't fit your kids in there. And I said, okay, I'll get the Jeep then. Got it. So that's my one thing I spoiled myself on for sure. I also got rid of a motorcycle that I had Harley Davidson for the same purpose. It was just to save that money. Dumb part is it was a really low interest rate and almost paid off. So I probably should have just kept it anyway, but it made us some money that we used elsewhere. You know, we cashed out on our home. That's how we paid our expedition off. And then I just decided now that I'm in this new realm, I want to start over. I want to make my own money, which I had been trying to do, but never focusing on. And I just said, I love public service, but in addition to that job, because I can't walk away from it because that's my, that pays the bills. Right. Everything else I do is extra or digs us out of a hole that we're still in or puts us ahead in some ways. And so it just became this, I'm going to try and build something on my own in order to be able to just step away eventually, you know, fortunately and unfortunately, I didn't have something pushing me. I didn't get terminated from my job and then just said, well, I got to sink or swim if I don't start my own company and make right. it work. Would that be awesome if it worked out? Yes. But the risk of it not working terrifies me. So I've got to stick to what I have. I'm working my face into the ground constantly. You know, I'll work two days on 48 hours on in the four days that I have off. If it's Monday through Friday eight to five, I'm at beefy. And then it's podcasting, it's events afterward for the company that we own, it's events on the weekends, it's you know all kinds of stuff going on. And so I'm trying to get us to that point where it's like I can let go of something and then open up that home life and get that balance there. Yeah, the balance. Because you're right, right now I've got a work, work, work life balance and I need to flip that around and say this is a life work balance. Yeah, and seasons are going to exist like that because they just do. A child is born, tragedy, whatever it may be. It could be good or bad. Yep. Seasons are going to exist like that. So by no means am I saying that it shouldn't be like that because it will be. Life right. is hard. Yep. Life is hard. Okay. What I like about everything that you said, when you were speaking about that, I was watching your body language and I was listening <laughs> to your voice inflection and you're not at a place yet that I hear burnout. Right. Okay. But my encouragement to you is, it will come. Yep. And so we have to be aware of ourselves and, and our limitations. And as we discuss our upbringing and all these things and, and address them, because when we do that, we're more prepared to tackle these things. I enjoy all those, those hustles that you have. 
Because that speaks to a strength, a character about you, a work ethic, a drive. And I value that. I think that's awesome. But my encouragement is to you is to plan when does that end? That's what I need. Yeah. That goes back to what you said earlier. We can help most that want to be helped. If you're continuing to do something and you're 45 years old and you're 50 years old and you look back and go, man, I wish I would have shut this down 10 years ago. Well, that is the person who's without plan. Again, aim small, miss small. But if you're not aiming at something, I guarantee you that's exactly what you're going to get. Nothing. You're going to just continue to live. And that's hard. It is. Yeah. It's hard. And I struggle with that thought because no one really needs to do that. Whether it's a friend that you want to lean on and share ideas with or cry on their shoulder, it's okay to cry on the kitchen floor and to say, hey, man, this sucks. I don't want this. Well, then let's just do something about it. Because life is not about mountaintops all the time. And it's hopefully not about the valley floors. It's more often than not live right in that middle. But there's a beauty of that routine and that discipline and that work ethic and that drive that maintains that. And yes, you're going to see the mountaintops. But we often learn most on the valley floor. It's true. But hopefully we're here a whole lot. And, and I'd like to get rid of the word mundane. If it's mundane then maybe look for something else to do. Because you can do something day after day after day after day and enjoy it. You can. It exists. And I read a stat, it was years ago. It was definitely pre-COVID. I wish I could remember where it was from, where I would cite it. But I think it was 65% of people in America are unhappy with their job. That's a staggering statistic. And I think that's true given how many we saw resigned from what they do during yeah. COVID. They said, you know what, forget this. I think we can live off of one salary. I think we can live off of less income, whatever it is. And they just chose family or they chose travel. I just went on a trip to Colorado and holy smokes, I was like, I can't believe how many people live in these. Now they're awesome. Oh yeah. These bands, they're yep. amazing. All decked okay, out, yeah. cost way more than any vehicle I own. That's right. But, yeah. Almost some houses, yep. right? Now they're living in that, but good for them. Good for them. They have a, a story now. They have something they can look back on. And in, I mean, I would bet that's not the rest of their life, but they're doing it now while they can enjoy it. But they have a plan, hopefully, that they can come out of that and they can be who they aspire to be. And that's what we should all hope for is be who you aspire to be. And if you don't know what that is, then start asking the question. Lean on somebody, and your parents. And if you don't have parents or you know, friends or there's plenty of chat options online. It's not my favorite route. Oh, but it's choose, so but choose rough. a route. Yeah. Choose a route. Trying to find good information online can yeah. be a challenge sometimes. Yeah, but you know, if you have a spiritual connection or you, you have somebody at work or whatever it is, I think if most people actually sought it out, they would be surprised as to how many people they could actually find who do care. It's we who often struggle with wanting to do that because it's awkward. Just like you said earlier, yeah. man, I don't want to bring, I don't want to bring, uh, man, I don't want to bring this to you, man. I've I been perfect with money, so I don't need you to show me. That's why I'm not coming but, in, you know, yeah. But, but but our lives get better uh, when we surround ourselves with people who want us to get better. Yeah. Well, going back to, you know, putting together and comparing home life versus work life. I mean, it's the same thing at work. You may not know all the answers. You know, Andrew is an intelligent person, but he's not the world's answer to every marketing issue. He doesn't know everything about video production. He doesn't know everything about podcast production. He doesn't know everything about marketing. Nobody knows everything. If they do, then they'd be 
you know, the richest person in the world well, in so many different ways. I would say be fearful of that leader, the person who thinks they know everything. So, yeah, that's not even a joke. But you have to surround yourself with people who are experts in what they do. And it's the same thing at home. Like, no one's the perfect mom or the perfect dad. Nobody's the perfect brother or sister. Nobody's the perfect, you know, son or daughter. We have to surround ourselves with people who make us better. That's it's right. that iron sharpens iron. That's man. right. You know, so you're right. You need a team of and people. they exist. They exist. They're there. And I think that's my word of encouragement to most is if you don't have that, you know, we used to call them 2 a.m. friends. If you don't have that person that you can, and I mean that in the right way, by the way. Oh, yeah. Not the, not the 2 a.m. <laughs> friend that's going to take yeah. you out to do drugs, but yeah, the 2 a.m. Yeah. friend that's going to answer that and listen and be there. and say, hey, man, I'm struggling with this. Yeah. You know, can you meet me somewhere? Or can I come over there or whatever? You know, somebody that you can, can open up to because we all need them. And even when we're married, we need people that we can communicate with that may understand us. I'm not saying that our spouse doesn't understand us. Hopefully they do. Right. But it's okay to have your buddies that you can go to and lean on and, and obviously for, the, for your spouse as well. It's everywhere is all I'm saying. So Awaken can be my wealth partner, but the big thing I'm hearing is Awaken can also be just my partner and everything. You're there for good advice. You're That's there right. for wealth more comes than in a just variety of money. Forms. Right. Wealth comes in a variety of forms. And as a reminder, debt does too. So wealth comes in a variety of forms. That could be happiness and joy and peace. I love the word content earlier. That's turned into a bad word in my opinion, it seems like. There's nothing wrong with being content. In fact, there's a lot of happiness in being content. Not keeping up with the Joneses anymore is right being content yeah. with who you are as a person because everybody is is capable everybody is worthy in my opinion everybody has a story and it's their story so wealth comes in a variety of forms and one of those is money but there is a plethora of other things yes and debt does too debt is often spoken of from the mortgage or the credit cards you spoke of the student loans but there's a debt in all of us too that we're responsible for understanding and that is you know, whether it's guilt or shame or, or bitterness or the ability to not forgive, these are all debts that if we don't understand the consequences of holding these in, they're debt. And they're as dangerous as high interest credit cards or, as you said earlier, on the student loans. But it's a qualitative side, not the quantitative side. And lastly, both of those have beneficiaries. So hopefully you're seeing the parallel. Yeah, no, this is a, yeah. This is one of those, like, it all comes together full circle. You know, you're 100% right. Like, I never thought about that. I mean, because interest is, if you think about the debt being the stress that you're going through, maybe it is because of finances, the stress that you're going through because you're overworking yourself, the stress that you're going through because you want more family time, the stress you're going through. And it's like the interest is the heart attack that you'll have at an earlier age because the stress that you had weighed heavily on you or it can be any of those things where it's like, Hey, this, this interest rate that you're paying now is your physical health, your mental health. I mean, think about that from even just putting it as an analogy next to first responders and mental health. And it's like every call you make is debt that builds up inside. That's right. And then one day when that interest payment is to be collected, it could equal, you know, God forbid that somebody just doesn't see an out besides taking their own life or it could be that they're working so much and so hard and putting them, themselves through so much that 
they literally work themselves to death and they wind up injured on the job and not able to continue to work because of whatever they do. Like, you're right. You have to balance your finances, your emotional finances, your at home finances, everything, whether that's mental health, whatever it may be. Yeah, all, all those important. I believe we have four categories of health, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. I think, you know, we all may differ in some degrees, but you know, those four things I think are important. And yeah. when you're thinking about all of those, how are you working through them? Because again, there are beneficiaries to the wealth and the debt. And it's not just us, right? It's our children. It's our friends. It's, it's our parents, yeah. whatever it may be. It's our community. And I think that's why, again, going back to the importance of it's not about what you buy in the market, how long you hold it. It's about what's the plan and when, yes, may you buy certain things, but also when you're going to sell them for distribution or income needs. It's all encompassing. And that, sure. That's the planning aspect. Aim small, miss small. That's fair, man. I think you know, this has been a good, long conversation. I say long just because it's been longer than most of our shows normally are, which is well, nothing wrong with that. It's great. Hopefully it's not boring. <laughs> no, I, I, think, I think we really tackled some awesome issues here and, and talked about some great things. So let's just assume that, man, we did this show so perfect that there's no objections anymore. Now everyone listening knows that they need to go talk to someone. Right. If it's Awaken Wealth, great. I'm happy to hear it, but they need to talk to someone that they trust and are comfortable with. They do. So let's say that that listener is ready to move forward. How do we find you and how do we get that appointment set up? What are we going to do for that appointment? Just tell me kind of that elevator pitch of your company and how I come to you and become a customer. So can I tell you a pet peeve real quick? Sure. I think we're at that level relationally. I hate <laughs> the term elevator speech. Yep. And you know why? Because it's cookie cutter. It is. Yep. So. I just wanted to share that with you. No, um, I, that's why I use it every <laughs> every single episode because I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm going to annoy this guy right no, now. No, no, I just, no it, you're right. It is. And because I don't mean it necessarily no, in the know, exact context either, right? Yeah. I'm not saying give it to me in 60 seconds. Or, I don't want to hear it, brother. I'm out of here, you know. But how do I get to you and, and become yes. your friend and your client? So awakenwealthpartners.com. That's our website. On there, there is a contact us like every, like, y'all yep. built it. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> you should be telling <laughs> I can I can navigate <laughs> that website by now. <laughs> you can reach us there. Our main line is 281-358-0134. You can reach us there. And if you would like, you can email us. Again, on the website, there's a, a hello at awakenwealthpartners.com. What we would do at that point is we would ask the same question. That's the beauty of the way we do it is, hey, what's most important to you? Let's start there. So you already got a head start if you're thinking about going because you already know the question. That's so right. So just research that at That's home. That's exactly yeah. right. And we like to have fun with that. And the reason I say that is if it's a couple that's joining us, I tend to pick on the men. Okay, do you think you know the other two answers? And, you know, we might have a little fun with that. So if you're listening or watching, then, then be prepared because that may happen. At the end of the day, that's our purpose. That's why we exist. That's the why to help you solve for what you truly want to solve for most, not what we want to solve for. And we're in the fiduciary world, so our responsibility is always to put the client's interest best or first. And in addition to that, we take that a step further in, in everything we do internally, as well as what is seen is about the client first. Because processes matter, yeah. and they must benefit the client first, because that's important. So it must not only benefit the client, but also it should improve profitability. Because again, we, we are a business. So that's what you should expect if you meet with us. And we'd love to meet with whoever 
contacts us. That's awesome, man. I mean, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. I yeah, think thanks that for having us. you brought an extreme value to our listeners. You know, if nothing else, they got to hear our opinions and our opinions are important enough. You know, I think yeah, hopefully they, <laughs> hopefully they shed some light. I no, know. I think we talked about some really eye opening things and I know I learned. So I hope the listener learned and I hope that you enjoyed being on the I show. Did. I loved it. Thanks yeah. for having me. When the new one launches, I say we try it again and maybe talk about yeah, something just else. Two point Yeah, we can do something else. Maybe we're always we, learning. We've done. We've played golf by then. Yep. We've done driving range, whatever it is. And yeah. So we could start there. We'll just have John bring the mobile rig and we'll oh, set it up boy. in the golf cart. Uh, sure, fine. And then as long as I know, you go buy that speaker, right? Got to buy the speaker. So that's I'm telling the wife. I mean. The financial planner, the financial Don't advisor, he said do it. No, no, no. So. I said if it fits in the speaker or in the, in the basket, yes. I didn't say because of the household. Don't blame it on me. No, no. So what we'll do is because, you know, Andrew and I need to get back on the weight loss game. And I've heard that your way to get your exercise in is that you walk. I enjoy walking. The golf course yes, instead of riding in the cart. So we'll With put the, the push cart. I don't well, care. Oh, of course. Yeah. That's too much. No, yeah. No, no. You're not. I'm, I'm not in my 20s. Right. But we'll put the mobile podcasting rig in the golf cart, and then John can drive that and produce for us, and, and I get to he drive? can get out while we all swing, and then he can swing, and then we'll just walk beside him on the golf cart and you know record on the golf course. Yeah, hopefully I can hit like I did at Top Golf that day, and like <laughs> actually look like I know what I'm doing out there. <laughs> we can, uh, so dude, he, he was killing us. Hit the person to the right or left. No, no, Andrew I, almost did. I nailed it in the hole. I made a hole in one at Top Golf. Nice. Yeah, Andrew and I was trying almost to do hit it. the people in the base. I did not. But Andrew well, did. Well, then you didn't do it. So I Andrew didn't do it. Right. That's fine. Andrew Budrick. It drinks. works. Actually, I don't even know if we should put that in. Our drinks didn't show up for like 45 minutes, and we ended up leaving because we had podcasts to do. Well, yeah. yeah. We got a whole one. No, we, yeah. I mean, awesome. hey, I'll, we can put it in, man. This show's yeah. all about being fair. I love yeah. it. They want to be on the show. It Come was great. on with it. Yeah. Uh, everybody has an off day. Yeah, that that's was right. Just, that was yeah. an off day for that. You I think the it was the big. Had an off day and yeah, it was the big birthday party our waiter was working on. I know it. And it just you know what was cool was we played all of our golf for free. Yes, we just paid for the food. And you drinks, know what? You're so. right about that. I didn't even think about well, that. The go. manager did take care of it, and the manager came in, stepped in, and became our waiter. Did it? Yeah, they did. Wow. They did a great yeah. job. That's actually. fabulous. Yeah, he was yeah. like, I'm "That's not, a great leader." Yeah, right? yeah. He said, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let this happen." And he's like, "All your golf is free." So yeah. Wow. And yeah. you know what? I bet awesome. they did not even talk. Hopefully, they didn't talk negatively at all with about the person. They just said, "Let's rock and roll." You got uh, it. As far as I know, yeah, I don't think I don't he think ever so. walked up and said anything negative. It was yeah. I think he was busy. He was just overset, basically. It's yeah, a great leader, man. Yeah. But yeah, we will definitely have to do that. I want to go to the golf course. I love the driving range, too, though, oh, yeah. especially when you can have a drink. Well, I'm. A, it's funny food. you talk about a mobile rig because me and Andrew yesterday kind of came up with a road case and how to make a a rig that just kind of pops out. Uh, yeah, of nowhere. And they got those, you know, little battery packs yeah. that you can charge mm-hmm. up. And, yeah. I have no oh, issue yeah. with, with trying this out. Yeah. I, I definitely no think it should happen. It'll be the prototype. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. So we'll maybe look that. for a video of that coming soon. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we might have to edit some of the golf swings. Yeah. We, yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll have oh, we're editing all the golf swings. All the golf swings. We're just we'll going to get one good one and that's going to be it. For yeah. mine. There you go. That's what we'll do. We're going to have Matt wear all of our clothes. Yeah. And then we'll just edit it together today. That's what Movie we'll magic. We'll, we'll, look, we'll like wear the, the polos. We'll look like the Ryder Cup. We're all wearing the same thing. We'll <laughs> oh, wear the we Awaken go. polos. There all you go. Of us. We'll, we'll say we're a golf team. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. The Awaken Wealth Beefy something. I love it. We'll come yep. up with a conglomerate name. I love it. We're already <laughs> well, going to have a cook-off, I heard. So we're, I, Oh, we've got to, man. we got that trailer for no reason. That. It's just been sitting. No, we got to no, use no. it. we got to do something about that. we got to cook-off. 
because I don't know if the listeners are going to hear any of this or not. I don't see why not. I don't. I, don't see I think it's it's great content. So Hopefully they didn't tune out. <laughs> I mean, good. I, you know, if sometimes they did, they missed some... the good stuff. It's like when you leave the movies yeah. before the credits are over, and then, you know, whatever the next Marvel movie happens right. to leak right there. That's right. Yeah. Well. Either way, thank you listeners for tuning in to another episode of the Beef Podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed our crazy tangents that we went off on. I hope you enjoyed all the stuff we talked about. You know, it's not always just sitting in here to listen about an elevator pitch or a commercial about a business. If it was, you wouldn't tune in every single time and listen to this. It's about those personal stories. It's about personal connections. And ultimately, that's what branding is all about. You know, like you said, we believe in that same thing. If you're not connecting with your audience, they're not going to become clients. You're not going to sell things. You're not going to be profitable. So it's great to hear all the things about how Awaken Wealth is doing this. I hope that our listeners are out there supporting y'all on social media, maybe giving them a call, shooting them an email, seeing if you can become a client or if you'd be a good match as a client. You know, that's one important thing we talked about today was just making sure that y'all fit together. You work well together and y'all are going to enjoy each other as client and as you know, vendor or service provider, whatever you want to call it. So that's it, Matt. Thanks again for being on the show. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. And as always, we'll see you on the next episode that releases of the Beef Podcast. But until then, stay beefy, my friends. You've been listening to The Beef. Thanks for listening. Make sure to like, rate, and review. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information that you can use. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, follow us on social media. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Beefy Marketing. Would you like your business featured on The Beef? Know a business that should be featured? Visit beefymarketing.com slash the beef. Remember, branding is about a connection with you and your people. Till next time, thanks for listening to The Beef.